0: New York has a new law that seals some criminal records. The Clean Slate Act will make it easier for some formerly convicted people to get jobs and housing assistance. And lots of people don't have stable housing right now in Jefferson County, particularly in the city of Watertown. The county has created a new position to focus specifically on addressing homelessness and housing insecurity. Both of those stories coming up on today's edition of Story of the Day. Support for Story of the Day comes from Pearsall Wealth Management at UBS Wealth Management USA, subsidiary UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC, 1 Broad Street, Glens Falls. Hi, I'm Lucy Grindon, filling in for David Summerstein. It's Monday, November 20th. First up, Thanksgiving will mark the end of the Adult Survivors Act in New York. The law let sexual assault survivors sue over abuse outside the normal statute of limitations. It was in effect for one year and led to over 2,500 lawsuits. The majority of those were against the state over alleged abuse in New York's prisons and jails. It also allowed for lawsuits against former President Donald Trump and comedian Russell Brand. After Thursday, lawsuits over sexual assault will be limited again. Governor Kathy Hochul signed the Clean Slate Act into law last week. It allows New Yorkers who've been convicted of certain crimes to have their criminal records sealed in order to get jobs and public housing assistance. Hochul said she hopes it will allow formerly convicted people to rebuild their lives instead of turning to crime again. But there's already backlash from Republicans in the state legislature. Karen DeWitt reports.
1: The law allows records to be sealed for misdemeanors and many felonies. Governor Hochul says she views it as a crime prevention measure because it enables people to restart their lives and to be less likely to return to crime.
2: I believe that if someone has served their debt to society and the option is to be on the street committing more crimes or sitting in an office or any a work site with a good-paying job to support their families, I will choose that individual to be gainfully employed and, and continue to contribute to society versus being on the street. The
1: clean slate law still allows police, daycare centers, and nursing homes access to the criminal records in order to do background checks. Sex offenders are not eligible for clean slate and class A felonies including murder, terrorism, kidnapping, and possession of large amounts of illegal drugs are also excluded, says Hokel.
2: Whether it's a judge looking to, uh, issue an order of protection and weigh the evidence and the history, whether it's a prosecutor, a police officer, or even an employer at a school or a a place where background checks are customary, uh, particularly if there's a fingerprint involved, a place where we have senior citizens, a daycare center, a nursing home. So all of those areas are off limits.
1: The law is backed by business groups, including the state's Business Council and the New York City Partnership, as well as the major labor unions. Two million New Yorkers are expected to benefit from the law. But Republicans in the state legislature say the measure goes too far and will only contribute to a crime spike that's been occurring in recent years. In a statement, Senate GOP leader Robert Ort says the law allows for criminals convicted of some of the most violent offenses— including hate crimes, to have their records sealed during a time when there's rising anti-Semitism. Ort says the victims of crimes and their families don't get a clean slate. Senator Dean Murray, a Republican from Long Island, was among those at a press conference Friday opposing the new law. Senator Murray says without the law, people convicted of crimes could appeal to a judge on an individual basis to have their records sealed. That was one of the fallacies that, that was being sold when they were pitching this, is this is the only way. If you don't support this, you don't believe in second chances. That's just not true. We already have a system that allows for those second chances. And cases have been sealed when it's appropriate. Murray represents portions of Suffolk County where a Republican, Ed Romain, running on a law and order platform, beat a Democrat in the race for county executive earlier this month. In 2022, the GOP candidate for governor, Lee Zeldin, came in a close second to Democrat Hochul after Zeldin made crime a campaign issue. Democrats also lost four congressional seats to Republicans. Zeldin and other GOP candidates focused on the state's controversial bail reform laws approved by Democrats in 2019. Senator Patricia Canzaneri-Fitzpatrick, also a Long Island Republican, is among those already comparing clean slate to bail reform. The
0: damage is
3: going to be done just like we're seeing from bail reform we all have to wait for the tragedies to happen as a result of this.
1: The measure is likely to become an issue in the 2024 elections. They include all seats in the state legislature, the state seats in the U.S. House of Representatives, and the U.S. Senate seat held by Kirsten Gillibrand. Hochul says she knows that there will be political blowback from the new law, but she says opponents are distorting it.
2: I believe there'll be a lot of distortions about what we're doing here today. It'll be weaponized by the Republican Party, as they are wont to do. But uh, the truth is important to get out there.
1: And she says the truth is that clean slate will result in fewer crimes. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt.
0: Jefferson County is dealing with a serious homelessness problem. It estimates hundreds of people don't have their own stable place to live. To make matters worse, the county doesn't have a permanent shelter for unhoused people. Last winter, an emergency warming center had to be set up during a major snowstorm, but it closed in January. So a few months ago, the county created a new position, Director of Housing and Special Initiatives.
3: One kind of point person to really have a, a laser focus on addressing the needs with the homeless population and the increase that we're seeing with that population.
0: I spoke with the new director, Jillian Redder. She says the problem really emerged after the height of the COVID 19 pandemic when a moratorium on evictions expired.
3: The numbers that we're seeing are anywhere between four and 500, but it takes into account a variety of definitions of homelessness. So. Somebody could be homeless, but they're kind of doubling up with maybe a family member. They don't have their own housing, but they're in a temporary situation, maybe couch surfing um, kind of thing.
0: What are the biggest needs right now of that population you talked about that may not be living outside but are staying temporarily in a hotel or are couch surfing?
3: There is um, mental health and substance use challenges among that population. But there's also a good chunk of that population who is really, truly just rent burdened. They might be working and earning wages. However, it's not necessarily enough to meet their housing costs. Um, And so uh, those folks are relying on uh, rental supplement programs to help them kind of bridge that gap
0: Redder is working on assembling an advisory committee on housing and homelessness. They'll have their first meeting after the start of the new year. Instead of a traditional brick-and-mortar homeless shelter, their plan is to work on getting the city a pallet shelter, a collection of small individual dwellings, each about as big as a shed, which would stay put year-round. They'll also create an emergency response system for distributing supplies to unhoused people when there's a natural disaster.
3: It could be coolers to store food in. It could be flashlights and batteries. It could be warm um, clothing um, if needed, depending on when this would occur. It could be, you know, tent supplies.
0: That sounds different to me from setting up an emergency shelter in the event of like a really intense snowstorm, for example.
3: You know, when you're referring to, you know, snowstorm options, we do have a partnership and collaboration with the Salvation Army here in Watertown for now the second year, they are operating a warming center under our Code Blue regulations. So they um, can take people in from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. We are also in the process of setting up um, with the Urban Mission here in Watertown a daytime drop-in option.
0: Right now, the Daytime Warming Center at Watertown Urban Mission is only accepting people on weekdays. But the state recently awarded about $114,000 to the county to pay for more staffing to keep that center open on weekends.
3: It will also provide some basic supplies and or equipment. So, you know, having adequate furniture, some comfortable seating for people, um, snacks and possibly some and drinks, you know, coffee, waters, to really keep a program like that running through the end of April.
0: That was Jillian Redder, the new Director of Housing and Special Initiatives for Jefferson County. She spoke with me, Lucy Grinden. There's more news all the time at ncpr.org. Music today by Caitlin Scholl of Lake Placid. I'm Lucy Grindon, North Country Public Radio.